Hello, everybody, and welcome to True Business Stories podcast. I'm Bill Winter, and I'm here with my fellow podcaster, Mark Edmonds. Uh, today is actually the day after the Melbourne Cup, so by the time you uh, you hear this, you and you will know the results as we all do. And unfortunately, Mark, I didn't win any money. I lost my five dollars. I, uh, I put the winner into a box to trifecta, and so I got nothing either because the other two didn't come through. And the um, the weather was reasonable, I guess. At least they were still able to, to run that great race. Well, this morning we're here with Deb Nash. Good morning, Deb. How are you? Good morning, gentlemen. Right. Deb Nash is a the business manager of Truffle Duck. Now, Truffle Duck, to anyone that lives in the... Barwon Southwest region, region around Geelong, or that's into catering, would know of Truffle Duck. And Truffle Duck is a, what we call an exemplar catering and event company, uh, very well known, as I say, in the region, doing all sorts of events weddings, corporate events, private events. Um, and for instance, just recently, did uh, the Geelong Cup, which is one of the biggest events, I think, Deb, that you've done in quite a while. Mm, correct. So we've got... Uh, I'm really looking forward to this, Mark, because we we both know Truffle Duck well from uh, a point of view that we've been customer, clients here, or been to the functions, and Deb has a very interesting story to tell. So welcome, Deb. Thank you for having me. So the... I suppose we need to mention Hugh Palmer, who's your business partner. We, should, we shouldn't exclude Hugh. He's very much part, part of this story. But uh, we thought today we would uh, chat to you and find out about your story. So, Deb, where did it all begin? Goodness me, my story started... Hugh and I actually went to school together. Uh, we both went to Bell Park High. And he's, of course, a lot older than I am. Ha ha. And we... Um, he obviously went off to university and I studied teaching, primary school teaching at, we were actually the first year at Deakin University uh, after Teachers College. Became a teacher uh, during that university time. Of course, we needed some money as students, so I actually started at the Sundowner Hotel out in Corio. That was my beginnings, um, serving out there. Did that whilst I was um, getting my degree. First teaching job was Tungama up on the um, up on the border. I did a, a a term up there. Came back to Leopold, then got sent off to the um, western suburbs in Melbourne. So married a teacher. So Daryl and I have been married for nearly forty years, or actually we have been married forty years. Funnily enough, if I had a dollar for every person that thought Hugh and I were married, I wouldn't have to work. Uh, However, and, and funny that that's always. That's always been a bit of a joke, hasn't it? it because has you guys are so well known as the mm. owners of, mm. of Truffle Duck that mm. there's this assumption made. And mm. yeah, you're, you're but you, you work well together. That's the, that's a secret yeah. to it. Because oh, he, Deb, you're talking about teaching. You've you're I guess looking into the future. You you will be unusual because you've been here now 33 years and really a two-career lady, isn't it? And that's not the way it works these days. Very funny how it actually happened because what happened was back in the in the 80s, we were married and we bought a block of land and decided we should build a new house. Of course, interest rates were 17%. What happens when your interest rates go up? As we know now, this is what happens. So I needed to get a job to help us through while I was on family leave, ran into Hugh playing tennis one day and said, oh, do you have a job for me? 
and that's how it began back in second of sixth of March eighty nine was my first shift at Truffle Duck. That's for, and where did you start? Where in, in at James Street. In James, in at James Street. Street um, I was Hugh's third employee at the time, and um, then had actually had another child virtually straight away, which was. Um, sort of slowed the process a little bit but then as time went on it was great it was a perfect as we see now for some of the people now that are going to struggle perhaps a little bit with mortgage repayments an easy way to go out at night and actually earn earn a few extra dollars which is how I started but then of course just love it so much that it's become my absolute passion and love what I do. So when did you move from James Street where did you go to from James Street? From James Street I actually we moved down here in 95, late 95, we moved into this building and then I actually went back teaching part-time back in 98, went back on a part-time basis and combined both careers for a little while and finally in 2003 it was really clear what I needed to do and so I resigned from the department and became full-time here at Truffle Duck and built the business and um, that's where we are now. So, so the building we're in is located in Fineswood? Correct. How old's the building? The building was in the 1850s during the gold rush. And it's a magnificent building, been recently refurbished due to due to COVID, has helped you attack mm. it and it's absolutely superb. Mm. Hugh and I bought the building off John Hurd in 2005, so it's actually now seen a major renovation in 2009 and the refurb during COVID, which was, yes, all very interesting. Oh, worried, but it looks superb. So Truffle Duck, um, I did some research last night and I read something about Ruby Philomena's Tea Rooms. Mm. Was that the beginning of mm, that what was, we are now, Truffle Duck? Well, that was the building, that was the, the business Hugh bought in 88. Mm. And within nine months, he knew that that wasn't the direction that he was going to take because he actually introduced breakfast to Geelong before it was even trendy. That was what he based Truffle Duck on in James Street. and um, But, you know, he struggled, of course, where little Mellop Street is now. Back when he was there in 88, that was promised, but it took this many years to get little Mellop Street as it is. So It's a bit of a, um, I guess, hospitality entrepreneur startup street, isn't it? Because mm. I know of a couple of other businesses that started in... James Street, um, and gone on to bigger and better things, just like Truffle Duck has gone on to. The other part of what I read about the tea rooms was a reference to yo-yos. What was that all about? <laughs> the old yo-yo story. The reason that I actually do work for Hugh is the fact that I was um, very pregnant with my second child, and I'd just been to the doctor, and within another two weeks I was due to have Tim, and um, I was desperate for a yo-yo. And so they made the best yo-yo. So I just figured drive from Belmont into James Street to get a yo-yo, as you do, walked in and there was Hugh Palmer. Couldn't believe it. He'd only owned the business for two weeks. And that was the beginning. So it's a great story. And um, here we are, 34 years of Truffle Duck later. And um, I do believe still as, as good as ever. It, it's interesting. Bill and I talk a lot about, um, I call them sliding door moments bill calls them tipping points and that's probably your tipping point the the desire for a yo-yo yeah. and here you are it's yeah look it really did it really it really was because that's how come I knew that Hugh who I'd known for a very long time but knew that he'd gone out of IT and into hospitality which was again his passion so big step you 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 buy this building you mm-hmm. step in mm-hmm. so what was your first function that you held here 
Do you mean in 95 or do you mean when we did our renovation? 95. Uh, very funny. It was a school reunion for Hugh. It was his <laughs> school reunion. So he got everybody down here. But there is a bit of a story. We did take over a wedding that was booked here for New Year's Eve. And um, we didn't book the wedding, of course, but it was pre-booked. Ended up being um, ended up being a wedding that had some challenges. But um, we did that first wedding, and that was the beginning of realising that you needed security on the door. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we always read about things that happen at weddings. That's for sure. Uh, Deb, you know, we've just come through COVID, and I know we keep talking about it. There's been a monumental change in the way that the hospitality business operates and probably it was the one industry that suffered more than most and it's we've come out of it now of course and you hit with another issue or hospitality's been hit with a another issue and that's the lack of staff but we'll get back to that later could you just give us an idea how did you survive COVID? Well when it all happened on that fateful Grand Prix morning when Grand Prix was was cancelled we had three weddings the next day and so you can imagine my concern as to how do we get through these three weddings I had a staff member who'd just come back from overseas telling me that you know not sure whether she could work because she was waiting on test results for COVID we got through that those those days that day without any and that was it that was the end so from then on the next four weeks was just horrific in terms of people having to ring to cancel events what are we doing what happens with our deposits what's this what's that so you know it really was so challenging and we had to obviously make decisions not based on not knowing what was going to happen who could have envisaged that we would have virtually two years of it even at that time we then uh, of course we didn't want to lose our staff but what was going to be the income to pay them the government were fantastic in the end. We then, of course, once that started to present itself, the quick pivot was um, our little coffee shop on the on the veranda. And, of course, that led into take-home meals. I do believe the brand being so strong, it, it was um, a benefit to us. And, of course, people now still ask and ring, can we have your take-home meals? And Finesford is desperate for a coffee shop and would love us to open it, it again. But, of course, we're, we're just too busy, and as you alluded to, too busy with what's everybody's trying to catch up after two years of events. Everybody is wanting to do things. We're in a position where we have a core team that we're very happy with. Of course, we would love to have more staff, but at the present time, better just to keep it calm, steady the ship, take the amount of work we can and do it well as we're renowned for. Well, the other thing I know, Deb, that <coughs> Truffle Duck and been uh, good at some big events and you just did the Geelong Cup and I know that uh, before the Geelong Cup you were very nervous about this event uh, and taking into account the staff issues how did the Geelong Cup all pan out for you? It was really interesting we the biggest event we'd done prior to the Cup was back in 2000 and let me say, I think it's uh, maybe it was 10, I can't remember exactly now, but it was the Geelong College 150th celebration. And that was a 932-seated event 
uh, on the co- on the college grounds, and I couldn't walk down the street before that event for people saying, "How are you going to do this, Deb? You won't be able to do this. How can you do this?" And so I actually stopped going out a couple of days before that because I didn't want to run into anybody. So I've actually been in this situation before. The cup, the difficulty of the cup, was exactly as you spoke about was the staffing. So we used. Um, an agency, Calibre, which is a, sta- a staffing solutions company. However, we did use our own staff and a number of ex-staff who are always happy, once a duck, always a duck, is our mantra here. So you just put the feelers out and we were able to work that through that we could put our, our team in, in charge and ju- then just use our ex- extras as the food runners, etc. But we ended up having um, over 3,000 that we fed lunch to that day. So it was a big day. Very pleased that the weather gods were on our side, even though they weren't the week before when it was so wet. But it was a tremendous day. And um, yes, we're very pleased to be the other side of it and to say how well it went. So what's some of the other things you you do, Deb? Uh, uh, The A-frame at the front basically says anything. Um, But what's your main focus? Oh, look, I think it always has to be weddings. Our our primary source of income is weddings. It is interesting how weddings have changed across my journey from when I started back in, well, we we moved here in 95 and, of course, everybody thought poor little truffle duck had gone out of business and that was my beginning. So what I did was I did an an open day here and, you know, did something in the advertiser back when people read the advertiser. And we had 12 couples through and I actually booked 10 of them. So that was the beginning. And at that point, we could only fit 76 in the front room. So that led on, of course, to in the early 2000s when I said to Hugh, we need to expand the size of this building. So we put the marquee up out the back, which created a really, it was just wonderful. It was the new trend back in the early 2000s was the marquee. So we did that. And then, of course, we realised that we needed a purpose building that you could climate control, which is what we have now, which certainly has increased our capacity to do everything as you talk about. But what I believe is one of our strengths is the fact that we can go out and do the same sort of catering that we do in-house in the middle of a paddock, which is what we do a lot of. We do a lot of external weddings. We also have a great um, partnership with Turinda Estate now where we do all of those weddings. But I do... Probably my favourites are the unique ones that we do in the middle of paddocks. They do actually provide uh, many curveballs and I do have an amazing team. I actually don't do the weddings anymore, but uh, the the team feel the same as I do. It's just they're all a little bit different. Well, there's certainly variety, Deb, because I also know that you've done things like the sailing event, the main sailing events in Geelong, You've done the international cycling event mm. in Geelong, says me reading it off my list. Uh, BMW event in Melbourne with a large group, Davis Cup, mm. and the odd one, Japanese baseball team. Yeah. Look, it's really interesting. We we have a great relationship with pretty much everybody in Geelong, and so if something does come up that's a little bit left of centre, they'll come and speak with me, you know, and find out what we can actually do. One of the ones we're doing, which occurred just before COVID, we're actually doing the Cadell Women's Cycling, all of the teams being housed at Deakin Residential um, Centre in Geelong, and we're doing that again in January. Um, 
you know, there's a lot of those things that are um, coming back that we will start to do again, which is which is great. So, so looking back, what's the two or three learnings? If you had your time again, would you tweak or change, or or would you? Oh, look, I think one of the one of the keys is it's always about oh, people. Often, you, you you have a business plan, but it really sometimes they cut decisions their gut decisions and you have to sometimes you weigh it all up but sometimes you just have to do things and one of those was during COVID when we started again at the beginning of 21 and things were looking great that was when we decided to refurb we decided that we'd block the month of August and we'd do it and you know money was all sorted and everything was okay but then of course we went back into lockdown so we could have done one of two things we could have pulled it or Luckily, again, the bank were fabulous and we did it and it was it paid off because here we are now sitting in a beautifully refurbed building. If we'd have left that another 12 months, you put yourself behind the, the eight ball again. So sometimes you've just got to just jump in and even though perhaps what you've got on paper doesn't, doesn't quite give you the confidence, you've just got to do it. So I suppose what you're saying is be flexible. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you've got to be flexible in everything we do yep. because even though you can have a run sheet, it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't go that way. So I think that's one of the keys is actually if we talk about this a lot, but you plan it, but you've also got to look at, well, what if? Yep. And I've probably, you know, they sometimes call me the fat controller, but I like to just have thought every scenario through, particularly in the bigger ones. You've got to really think through what, what it is. Well, Deb, that leads me on to another question about your leadership. Uh, if I was to do a personality profile on you, what do you? How would you, ex, I guess, explain your role as a leader, and what are your personal values that come through in that, and why are your staff so loyal to you? Look, I, uh, Hugh, if he was sitting right here now, he'd say, "Are oh, you so soft?" I <laughs> don't believe that. I don't believe that. I believe as a leader you have to always um, be the role model. I think you can't ask people to do things that you're not prepared to do yourself. And that's something that I've done all the way through my career is I don't expect anybody to do anything that I haven't done or wouldn't do. I haven't got time to do it anymore. But it is about um, showing people that you are, you know, you do understand what they're doing and you value what they do. And every single person in this business is equally or more important than I am. That's right down to the person who is in the kitchen washing the dishes on the night of a wedding. They are equally as important because if they do their job properly, everybody benefits from that. So it really is about making everybody in our team feel valued and are equally valued. Well, there's a great lesson there for business owners listening to this, and particularly family business owners, and that's called delegation, <laughs> letting go of control you know, and not being a control freak. Uh, and we see it all the time. Mark, you and I have worked with lots of family companies and, and partnerships, and the reason they get into trouble is because they haven't learnt, A, to work harmoniously together and understand the yin and yin of everything that's going on between them, but they also haven't learnt to delegate and trust their staff. So I think that's a great attribute to have and is obviously why you're so successful. So what's the future? So you've got your little business plan. Have you dusted it off and looked ahead for five years and where, where do you see yourselves going? Look, we have, we have done that. We had a plan back in 19 
and so at that point I had we had just employed a general manager that was going to take my role and I was going to go into um, just a different role. However, with COVID being as it is, it really is stabilisation and just settle where we are. Yes, Hugh and I, obviously, we're putting a great team around us again, which is good, which our roles obviously are now less than they were. We're not on on site, on jobs all day, every day, although it's actually the part I love. The part I love is actually being with yep. the people. It's, you know, I... It's not for me just to be um, just back a house. I love to come out and see everybody. And I think that's part of the relationships that I've built in Geelong. And um, I just still enjoy it. And, you know, the team now, they they take most of the phone calls. I don't take many. However, I always say to them, if somebody asks for me, I really do want to speak to them because there's a reason why they will have asked to speak with me. And, and it's interesting you say that, Deb, because I must admit the number of functions I've been here regardless of whether it's an AICD lunch or a brekkie or whatever, you do pop in. And, mm. and, and, and the other thing I like is you always ask, how did we go? Mm. And you want to know. And, and you want to know the good and the bad. Mm. But I, I love that fact that you're always looking to see how can you improve, how can you... And, and I don't think I've ever had a criticism here because mm. the, the food is always good. And the service is always exemplary. And that's Hugh's, that is Hugh's mantra. Like I have to say, I give him every single bit of credit for the standards of food that Truffle Duck has developed across the years because it is, he will always want to do it better, always. And, and hopefully I'm the person that's um, developed the customer service. So we have been a great team across the journey. So is Hugh still cooking? Is he still uh, he or does, does he set no, the menus? Or? No, he no. We yes, he does. He worked. He's working very closely with um, our executive chef, John, who's been with us now eighteen months. And a new menu has just been um, set for this summer. And um, Hugh was involved. And John respects Hugh's um, knowledge and and desires to make sure. But they also had the debate about what can you cook in the middle of a paddock. So we had to design our <laughs> menus very carefully. Uh, <clears throat> Deb, listening to what you've been saying, is you remind me of of a, a story I always tell when I'm running seminars, and it's a, it's what you are, in my opinion, is the conductor of an orchestra. Now you know that if the conductor of the orchestra is not working well, that uh, the music you can't get sweet music, as I call it. Mm-hmm. So you've got to get all departments, the wind percussion, you know, and everything else in an orchestra all working together in, in harmony to get that sweet music. Mm-hmm. So I would suspect that's exactly what's going on here and you must be a great conductor. Well, I'm not very good at music, but um, I look, one of the things I have learned across my journey, I was always reasonably concerned about change, reasonably concerned. And, you know, I've learned now that you know, there are times where change has to happen. And even though you don't necessarily want it to happen, you have to respect that it needs to happen in order for better things to happen. So not to be scared of that anymore is one of the, you know, one of our wonderful staff members, Claire Walter, was with us 20 years. And when she left the business, it was just like, for me personally, it was, how am I going to move on without Claire. Now, this is a few years ago now, but, you know, I've now learned that, you know, this business can actually run without me. I like to think 
I like to think that it needs me. But at the end of the day, functions, there are now functions that I actually happen without me and I'm, I'm very proud of the team that we have. That's, that's fantastic. Deb, it's, it's a really good story. And, and um, there's a beautiful book that's been written called Truffle Duck entertained like a professional tells the story but also has some superb recipes through it so i'd highly recommend if you if you're after that to uh, to contact truffle duck because it is a good read but also a good cookbook and how can people get in touch with you it's a sort of silly question because the name truffle duck's synonymous with geelong but truffleduck.com.au yeah absolutely it is and the funny thing about that book is the reason it was written is because i got sick of you saying all the stories we had across our journey, and he said we should write a book. So, in order to stop him asking me, we did it. Well, it's a it's a great book. Oh, it's like having a daily journal, somewhat, <laughs> isn't it, Mark? Um, Deb, but what a great delight to be here today to talk to you and to hear your story. Um, we do catch up every now and again, the three of us in another group, uh, and we're all still learning from each other, which is great. And I know that we can learn a lot from you. So, Deb, thank you. Thanks for giving us a little bit of an insight into your life and, uh, and where you've come from and where you're going. And uh, we wish you all the success for the future, which is in your hands and doing really well. So thank you. Well, thanks. Thanks, gentlemen. I've really enjoyed it. And thanks for the opportunity. <laughs>